Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Oh my God. This ball's thrown and Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down. That's a great catch by David Tyree. We're at Catch the Moment Podcast, Radio Row Edition, 15 years since the helmet catch. And I'm in the building. I can't even believe it myself, but I'm here with a new friend, B.J. Ganim, military veteran. How many years in the Marines? Nine years before I was injured in uh, Iraq in 2004, lost a leg and retired. Thank you for your service, first of all. Man, um, I mean, obviously, we've been chatting a little bit on the sidelines, so we got enough to get into, man. So before, before we get into some of the powerful work that you've been into and some of your story, Tell me about, you know, the first time, if you've ever seen the helmet catch, yes. what were your thoughts, what was going on in your head, whatever. whatever. I can't believe it's been 15 years. 15 like, that years, seems bro. like it's like been five, like it hasn't been that long, has it? 15 years. You see the grays coming in, little I, salt and peppers yeah, here? I see it. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. <laughs> that's, right what there. Yeah. that's what I say, bro. You know, um, but it was just amazing. Like, at first, I didn't think you actually caught it. <laughs> I think a lot of people definitely had that reaction. Right, but then you see it, you're like, how? <laughs> like, I mean, what were you? Th- I'm more concerned. Like, what were you thinking? Did a lot you of think people, you had it? I knew I had it. Okay. Now, that's the only thing I knew. And all I said, you know, when, you, when you're a guy like me, you don't get too many opportunities. Sure. So I'm like, I got it, and I'm not letting go. That's right. I didn't know it was on my helmet, though. So that's, I, right. I, that's, that's, that's the sneak peek, man. So I appreciate you, man. It's just going to be, it was, number one, I, I, I look forward to just, but nine years in, obviously, you get, you get injured. In service, thank you, number one, for your yep. for your service. I have a big heart toward the Marines. My sister did 13 years. Her husband did 22. They retired. They're in pastors and ministry now. And That's you know, great. listen, man, you guys. So, I want. They had the best marketing when I was a kid. Just that, right. That going sword and that that uniform. That, but you guys are the dogs. We are. I mean, I mean, it, now, it, it goes back to history. They call us the devil dogs. You know, because that's what the the German the Germans called us in the Black Woods. They're like, these, these aren't humans. These are devil dogs. These first are two for First line in. First guys in. That's right. And, um, you know, so it's kind of like an uncelebrated, I think, as we know more, everybody. But what has been your experience? You know, is, is that a proud thing? Obviously, you have the, you know, you've had to overcome the wounds, the injury, and transition out. You know, tell me your inner experience as you, um, number one, have served, have been in the battlefield, have been injured and now overcoming in the service to your country still to this day. Yeah, so I mean, I joined the Marine Corps on a whim. I was politely asked not to come back to college. <laughs> politely, huh? Politely, they were like, please what don't come. What did you come. do? <laughs> I didn't go to school. <laughs> I was always a rambunctious kid that didn't do well with authority. I got right? you, I got you. You know what I mean? But I wasn't, I wasn't mean-spirited. I know what you, you mean. You know what I mean? But Sound like my 18-year-old. Exactly, I got you. right, you know what I mean? The, the other side of the tracks, I mean, was attractive in some way. Yeah. Right? So you, you get into some mischievous. Yeah, like, mischievous. That's mischievous, right. right? You yeah. know, and, and so I didn't really have a plan. And I knew I didn't want to go work a job. No. Nope. Right? I just wanted to travel the world. And if if, if, if somebody something needed fighting, you know, I, w- <laughs> I was ready to do that. About that action. And then the only people that was advertising, hey, travel the world and do some fighting, was the Marine Corps. <laughs> Hey, see, this is our, I'm 43. I was, I'm 40, 46. So, boom. Yeah. So, that's our generation right. of thought. I know folks out here, young, they got such a well thought out, crafted plan. We no. were just, there was, no, we were just living. We were just out here living, man. Right, just like Matthew McConaughey told us in Days and Confused, right? Come on, bro. L-I-V-I-N, right? <laughs> and to this day, I still kind of that way. Yeah. You know, which, 
I don't know. I think sometimes we're trying too hard yeah. as, a, as a species. Sure. And we, we almost care too much about things. Yeah, man. And we need to back it down a little bit. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with, you know, the word sober to me is like there's, you know, we live in a world of extremes, right? Yes. Like we, we experience one thing and then we become extremists because what was what was unbeneficial right. on one side, it is unbeneficial. And we never find our way back to that, right. to that center point. So talk to me about, you know, number one, what was it like being injured? And I know the transition, we have a lot of parallels sure. in the athlete world and the military world. Um, what was that dark moment like for you? How and, and where was the light of hope? You know, so when I joined, it was 1996. 96. Go to, go to boot it's a good camp. year, yeah, man. Good, Big E, Pac. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, Pac died while I was in boot camp. Yeah. And, and wow. it's just like, it's just powerful, right? Like, yeah. It, 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 so anyways, but I joined and there wasn't much going on. Yeah. And, and in, in the 90s, as an infantry Marine, like we couldn't even get blanks. We we're literally running around the woods yelling bang, bang at each other. This is a professional military. What? Yeah. I mean, we were drawing down. Clinton was like, no more of this. Like, there's no more wars to fight, right? So I get out after four years in December of 2000, but I stay in the ready reserves. Okay. So I'm like, listen, I like it, but it's it's not filling my everyday. There was so much wasted time, just like any other governmental service, right? Yep, like, yep, it's yep. just a whole lot of hurry up and wait, you know? And it's just like, that's not for me, right? Gotcha. So I'm going to climb that corporate ladder, but I still want to do this on the side. Sure. Right? So I got started working for Kraft Foods and becoming a sales rep and I was chasing down that business degree with my GI benefits. Nice. 9-11 happens and everything changes, right? Wow. And we were supposed to go early uh, 2003, but Turkey shut their borders down. So then we waited for another year. Man. Then we got to go ahead. We're going to Iraq. And, um, you know, you think about getting ready. It's almost like playing football, right? Sure, you sure. You think about your plays. You think yep. about what you have to do. And you don't think about getting hurt. Right, you think about when the career is gonna get over, right? You know that's, what I mean? That's exactly. But you don't think about the in between, and that's what it was. Like I, I've just figured I'll go do my job, and I come back. And you I got do every it again. reason to think yeah. that way, legitimately, yeah. right? You do, yeah, because you can't focus on the bad. That's excellent, right? You can't focus on missing the catch. You need to focus on making, making the, the catch. catch yeah. Right. So same thing. We're gonna focus on doing our job, doing it the best we can, keeping each other safe. Sure. You know, when people thank us for what we did, I'm like, I appreciate that y'all appreciate it. Yeah. Y'all weren't in the equation. You weren't in the equation when I joined. <laughs> that dude next yeah, to you. Yeah, you weren't in the equation when we were there. Right? Because even those people over there were important to us. People ask me all the time, what was the bravest thing you ever saw in Iraq? Bravest thing I ever saw is after an area bomb was planted underneath the road. It mm. blows up on our one of our patrol vehicles with our guys in it. Ramey O'Donnell warns are killed instantaneously. Cruckton and Simon are mortally injured and literally I thought Cruckton would die on the way but he oh. survives right Simon ends up dying nine months later we are in a hasty 360 almost like a huddle right sure and and and, and making security reclaiming our property putting down good security there's pop shots coming in but we can't really tell where it's coming from and there's civilians running all over the place yep, right yep. who very well could be one of the bad guys is in the civilians just blending in all these shots coming in the sheer destruction that we just witnessed for our brothers, right? Yeah. And these 18, 19, 20-year-old kids are not shooting into the crowd. Even though they, they have operational clearance because shots are coming in at us, but they cannot acquire the target. And it's more important to them to make sure that they shoot, mm -hmm. if they have to, the person actually shooting at us and not hurt any of the other people. That is so easy. Like when you hear people talk about 
back here. They're like, well, those people. Yeah. What you saying? Those people. Man. Like, we sat down and broke bread with those those people. people. And Man. they don't want a war happening in their backyard. Yeah. Right? I got chills, brother. You know, it's so powerful what you're saying because um, there's a word that's, you know, I call it a biblical word, but it's meekness, right? It's, yeah. and, and people don't understand meekness. We kind of merge it with humility. Meekness is having the power to do something, but, but, which, not. but not doing it. Yes. And, you know, like that's about as brave as a man could be. To know that you can crush somebody and not do it is, is actually one of the most godly, virtuous things that a human being could do. And that's, that's, yes. that's your lens right there. That's it. And, and that's what I saw more times than not from all the U.S. soldiers, the, the, the coalition forces, you sure. know. We had guys that we served with from Colombia, from Denmark, yeah. from UK, you know, so it, it, even the USA, we were point, obviously, right? We're the of course, of course. Right? So everybody's going to focus on us, but we got to remember that the rest of the world stood up too. And we're like, no, this terrorism isn't, isn't how it's supposed to happen. Yeah, right? This man. isn't the way it's supposed to be. And I know it's been a long and drawn out war, right? Yeah, that's been. And I'll tell you right now, like. I don't like what we did in Afghanistan. I understand what everybody's yep. saying. Yep. Like, I'm yep. not mad about it, but I'm mad about it. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? I love <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I love that. <laughs> but you know, I'm mad because we looked those people in the eye and said, we're here, man. We ain't going to do what we did in Vietnam. We're not just going to bail because it gets too hard. Yeah. Right? But we did. We did. And it wasn't us that did it. I know what you mean. It's, it's the same people that asked us to go. It's the same people that just said up and just, nope, we just leave everything where it is and, and game over all of a sudden. <sighs> and then you want to come back and say, oh, you need to care about Ukraine. You're like, hold on. Everybody was saying we needed to not be the warmongers that we are and go. that Europe can take care of themselves. We're well, so conflicted. We're so conflicted. We're so conflicted. And, and, and listen, I, I, I understand that these are the hard, some of yes. the hardest decisions in the world to make, but you position yourself to make some of those sober, sound decisions, decisions for right. the right reasons, right? Right, for the right reasons. And again, <clears throat> let's get more information. There right? you go. Let's get more information. Like, I'm for fighting evil. Evil. But we need to clearly define what the... You can't just say those people. Go oh, fight those people. Man. No, that don't work for me. Because they're all mixed together. They're it's a bunch together. of beautiful people over 100%, there. 100%. And I'm man. so... It's so great to hear, hear, you, hear you say that. Um, now, now, tell me about injury and, and rehab. Yeah. And obviously, you know, we talk about pain points in the journey, and you're in a position of service and impact still to this day. What was it that got you through that transition phase where you're wrestling with identity and some of yeah. the, how did you, because I know how real it has been in the athlete community, and yeah. I know how real it is. You know, military, we talk about the suicide rates. Yes. How, tell, tell me about what that was like for you and how, how you gather around what you're doing now. So it was my 13th IED that we went through, that I was danger close in, right? And it was the first victim-initiated one that I had hit. So that means they had a tripwire across the road, so it went off at the perfect part. Before that, they were trying to gauge us, and we would always be lights out at dark. We would only be in four vehicle formations so that we could stay small, smooth, and fast, right? Mm. It's harder to, to guess small, if you don't smooth have... Small, smooth, and fast. Right, you don't have a, a big imprint, right? And so this one was different. And the explosion goes off right at the door. Um, the... The side, I had all kind of gravel on the side of my face, yep. three shards of glass in my left eye. Yep. And my right leg actually hurt the worst, where you see the scar here, shrapnel went into this back calf right here. Man. And I didn't really feel this leg, but I went to step out because we were having a small ambush that, that came with this IED attack. Sure. And I fell right over. Man. And I looked down and saw just my foot, the boot was opened up, my toes are all different kind of places. And it was bad, right? Eesh. But we had Doc Munoz with us, who was our corpsman. And he's a emergency um, uh, EMS 
firefighter down in Dade, Miami, right? Wow. So that's his real job, and he's done three other deployments. Uh, and so I was in so great So he's hands. a firefighter here in the United States, but he gets deployed. Yep. So he's a reservist he- like me. And so, like, we leave our regular jobs and go go be the professional warriors that we are. And so I was in great hands. And, and, and the whole unit. So everybody, just like a regular team, right? We yeah. all knew what to do, even though it was bad. But I remember, so the helicopters were flying overhead, but they couldn't land because there was a hot LZ. There was an ambush yep. going on. So we had to truck myself out once we got the ambush quelled. And I just remember being in the back of that truck. I remember getting the, the Mamadia and everybody patting me. I couldn't hear anything because of the explosion. And everybody kept hitting me like, hey, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. And the whole time I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> That's because, some real stuff. You know, and, and I'm it's, down. it's over. Ooh. You know, you just, you, you know, you know, like, I've heard other athletes talk, like Bo Jackson, yeah. right? When, when he gets hurt and that, that, hip. that hip, he said he knew it was over as soon as he heard it. Man. And you did the pressure. And it, that's what it was. It's like, I'm not coming back. And, and, and there's a lot of us that were looking forward to getting home, right? But getting sure. home the right way. The there right way. Go. There right? you go. And, again, you don't think about the in-between, right? You think about, you get everything ready for if you don't come back. Mm. And you're good with that. But what if you don't come, well, you come back in pieces? Right? You don't think about that. Man. So I was not in a good spot and angry. And I remember just, I, you know, I remember being at Walter Reed and Bethesda and all the celebrities that would come through. It was great, right? Yeah. But it was also, like, too much. Does it feel phony? No, because I truly feel that the people, they, they don't know what to do. You know what I mean? There you go. Okay, this they're, is great. They're grateful. Yeah. But they don't, they don't know what to do, and they only know what everybody else wants from them, Right take a picture like this cash of sopranos brought me one of the seasons yeah. on dvd but signed. you guys kind of play a similar role where yeah. you know like there's this there's this like low-level celebrity yeah. s- side to it where you, you you almost like do you feel like less than a person in that moment mm-hmm. a little bit okay because you know, i think yeah. that's a, that's, that's kind of what every person begins too. to deal with yeah. right like you feel like Am I just a stuffed teddy bear right now? That we're, yes, right. Yeah, because yeah. that's kind of what I think of. And you always want to have another. For me, I'm looking for the second conversation behind yes. the scenes so right. that they know it's real. Right. You know, so I just, I, those yeah. are the things I've always wondered in relation to the community. And, you know, it was, it was going to be it was gonna be a hard road. You know, uh, I remember on the operating table, the doctor's looking at me like, do you want us to take it below the knee or at the ankle? And I'm like, guys, y'all went to medical school. I didn't. Like, what am I supposed they to do? They asked you that. Yes. Holy good good yes. Right. You know, and I, I didn't know any better. I was like, keep as much of it as you can. But, you know. <sighs> so that was my initial amputation was at the ankle. Well, I'm 28 years old. I turned 28 in Longstool. Right? So with that type of, of amputation, all the prosthetics are built underneath your residual limb. So I was always off balance, so I could never really... I always had to get my shoes fixed on the right yeah. side. Hey, man, I'm 28 years old. I don't want to look like I got <laughs> old man shoes on, even if I have a prosthetic leg. Like, come on. And I couldn't really run right because it, it was this stovepipe prosthetic that I put in there. And, and one of the doctors yep. told me, he's like, listen, if you got to get up in the middle of the night to go pee, you know, with this longer amputation, you kind of use your, your, your residual limb as a peg leg because yeah. you can take the heel bone, Take out your ankle and fuse it all together. It made sense to me in, in my mind at that time. Also, yeah. hopped up on ketamine and everything else that they <laughs> were giving. Up, jacked up, loaded up, man. Right? And uh, I didn't know any better. But you know, even to this day, I don't get up in the middle of the night to go pee. I know I will eventually. Yeah, right? you know, it's coming. We yep, ended yep, yep. forty six race, so it's coming, <laughs> right? But being active, especially with my kids, and and continuing to live was more important. So it's amazing. 
I went back in to have more of my leg taken off, right, to get better after four years. And then I had to fight for that. Man, that's the whole bar right there in itself. I went, had to take away something to get better. Yes. It doesn't make sense, right? <laughs> but I remember I exactly what you're saying. in 05, I'm going through a bad divorce. It, it was a, not, a, not a marriage built on, like, a real on the things that, that foundation. the foundation. So it was, born, it was bound to happen, yep. right? The kids from my, I still love them to pieces, and they're still a big part of my life. Going through a bankruptcy, going through uh, facing DUI charges, right? All the stereotypical things. Yeah, the better, uh, right there, right? And, and I was... I should have died that night, not just Contafio, because Tafio died on that that attack. So I was going to check out. I was going so to, I was going to, I was going to, yeah, right there. And I could uh -huh. rationalize everything else away. I could rationalize my kids would be better off without me, all my friends, all my family, right? But I had this old English bulldog. I bought him on my first convalescent leave from Walter Reed, because I'm a boy from Georgia. So I'm a Georgia Bulldogs fan, right? Okay. I served in the Marine Corps. The Bulldog is the mascot of the Marine Corps, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So this is me reaching out. I, want, I bought a bulldog puppy off of Craigslist for $800. Thank God for Craigslist. Right. But now <laughs> he was a big, scary-looking bulldog. Yeah. Right? The old English breed. So not cute and cuddly like most of the no, English nice bulldog, but a little bit more pit in them. Stuff yeah, like that, that's, right? that's my kind of dog. Right. And no special breeding, no special training. I mean, his only special talents was he gets slobber in places you thought was physically impossible to get slobber Fantastic. Into. Clear a room with his farts, right? There and, uh, you go. That's my a, kind of dog, uh, man. A whole pizza piping hot that's supposed to be my dinner off the coffee table <laughs> when I turn around to get my, my, my grape drink, right? You know, all of a sudden my pizza's gone. He's got bubbles coming out See, of his Yeah, I know you're right? a legend because you drink grape drink. That's right. And he, he's, he already has his black card more than my son. <laughs> he's drinking grape. I, I don't care. from Savannah, grape Georgia. Drink. Yeah. It could be grape soda, grape anything, yeah. get you a black card. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but thank you. <laughs> no doubt. That's amazing. But um, I couldn't rationalize him away. Man. Because if I ended it, if I checked out, he'd end up in a shelter because he's a big, scary bulldog, and he would be killed. And that ain't fair. So in that moment, I remember I made a deal with myself. No matter what weight, no matter which foot was carrying my weight, whether it was the carbon fiber and steel foot or sure. the flesh and blood foot given to me by God, no matter what foot my weight was, was carrying my weight, was going to be the good foot. Just like the James Brown song good from back foot, in the bro. day, right? I got a funky job and I'm paying my bills on uh, the good foot. Yeah. Oh, uh, right? yeah. All day. So anything life throws at me is going to be the good foot. It's Checking good. out is no longer an option. Man, this is, this is powerful because I tell people the change of heart comes with a change of mind. That's you right. You know, like I'm a spiritual man, so I say repentance. Repentance literally means change your mind. You know, when you change your mind and when you're committed to it, your heart begins to follow. That's right. And uh, so that's kind of what I hear when I hear your story. Tell me more about now. You have so much meaning, purpose. Of course, you've, you, you, your life is all about impact. Tell me more about Sierra, Sierra Delta and what you've created. So what I did is, you know, that, that, that moment with my dog really impacted me, right? It made me change. And I went to work for America's Fund and Simplify Fund. And was working in the nonprofit, so I gave up trying to chase down the corporate dreams. Yeah, got a degree in psychology and a master's in social work with emphasis on military life in the University of Southern California. Fight on Trojans, you got me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and wanted to make this make a go of not only figure out transition and and, and this big hole that was in me yeah. for myself, but for everybody else that was struggling. Powerful. And in 2017. President Bush, so President Bush painted me in the Portraits of Courage. I met him the first time he came through the hospital and visited with us. And so he painted my portrait and told my story. It opened up so many other doors, wow. right? And eventually I got to meet the Bishop family that founded Blue Buffalo, 
uh, the number one dog food brand in the world. Wow. Right? And both of them were pushing me and like, DJ, what you talk about for dogs, we need to have an organization that does that, right? We need to help make it more accessible. So in 2017, we founded Sierra Delta. I got a board. I got a, a, a 501c3 status. <laughs> like right? I, and we, we focused on medical assistance service dogs because I thought geez. that's what we needed, right? Yeah. And we raised a million and a half dollars in five weeks with a partnership with PetSmart. Amazing. And we handed it all out. And President Bush was right. He told me, he goes, he calls me Belushi. That's my nickname. That is legendary. <laughs> so I got to give Bush the credit. I mean, like, yeah. he was cool by me. Oh, <laughs> man. Was cool, yeah. cool by and me. He's one of the hardest working men I've ever been around That's in good my to life. Hear. Yeah. But he was like, I can give $5 million to any one of these dog organizations, and it won't move the needle. And he's right. It's not wow. that they don't want to. It's that the capacity and the level of training that we need to expect from an ADA-compliant dog is really, really high. Okay. You know, and forty okay. percent of the dogs that are bred for that work sure. wash out. Mm. But ninety-nine percent of the veterans don't need that level of care from a dog. Gosh. And I didn't realize that until twenty eighteen. I was diagnosed with lymphoma, stage two lymphoma. Um, you are an overcomer, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, trust me. I got broad the burden of having broad shoulders. That's but I take it. Keep bringing it. I don't care. Let's go. We're on the good. Uh, you're front. an overcomer. Yeah, that's right. my prayers, brother. So in chemo and radiation. I was reflecting on Dozer because Dozer passed like two weeks before I got the diagnosis of cancer. Oh, man. And I'm glad because he was 13 at the time. Okay, good Really life. hard to walk yeah, and a yeah. lot of pain. Yep, yep. And if I, if I was going to go through something, you know he was going to stay with me until I was done. <laughs> and, and it was good that he didn't have to do that. But it left, me, it left a bigger hole in me. And, and, and as I was being quarantined, right, because sure. during chemo, you can't go out and be around people because your blood counts are too low, right? I just sat there and thought like, how much dozer meant to me, an untrained, an uncertified dog. Right? I love it. And I was like, we're thinking about this. That's we excellent. need to go full spectrum on the dog. And let's help all the veterans, right? Like, yeah. Let's, why do we have to try to help just the ones that are injured or just the ones that saw combat, right? This is powerful, bro. This is my heart rate. I'll tell you why it's my heart, because I'm, like, when I look at my journey, I was just, I was just a guy. Yeah. Like, you know, there's, we, we, we focus so much on, I'm big on, like, hey, man, you know, real experts. Right. Like, be good at what you do. Be incredible. You ain't got to be, be no authentic. expert. Yeah, be like, authentic. Yeah, man. And that's, that sounds like exactly, exactly. what Dozer was, man. He was. Just and that helped. And he cool. did. Life and giving. the thing is, I've worked with over 20,000 vets so far. I've been doing this for 15 years. Do you know the most common story I hear? It's about a dog. A dog <laughs> in their life. Guess what? <laughs> Depending on which surveys you look at, anywhere yeah. between 57 and 62% of American households have a dog in it. It's the only thing I can find that this country can agree on is that we all love dogs. Love and it. so I'm like, let's just focus here, <laughs> yeah. right? Let's Go just for focus it. right here. Bro, I can't wait to continue the conversation, man. Yeah. You're, um, you know, make sure y'all check out www.sierradelta.com, Sierra Delta Dogs, Sierra Delta Service Dogs. It's all going down. This is, man is living a life of impact, meaning you, sir, have caught the moment. Appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. And, yeah, you guys can go to Walmart. And you can buy a bag of Blue Buffalo and a dollar comes to Sierra Delta. So, I mean, there it is. we're making it happen. All vets are welcome to join Sierra Delta. All civilians are welcome, right? Listen. Learn about what a life buddy can do for you and then learn about how you can give back to your community in our Life Force program. And that's why it's in Sierra Delta. 
Let's make the world a better place. Let's just do it together and let's have some fun Ty doing it. I got seven kids. Tyrese, they, they, listen, I told I said, I got seven kids. That's the only reason why I ain't got no dog. <laughs> don't blame so me. So I'm like, listen, man, I don't trust y'all right now. I got, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about some wide shoulders. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm thin, but these shoulders right here have been broken down with these kids. Yeah. But nah, man, I, like, bro, your, your life, your legacy is going before you, and I appreciate your Thank you, time, man. Thanks your for giving this, this opportunity. Amazing.